Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ladies Who Switch. It's a really exciting week in the women's game. We've already seen the men's ashes has got started with an absolute cracker, and we're just a couple of days out from the women's ashes test. It's a five-day test match this time. It's a rarity. There are not a lot of tests in women's cricket. We've been talking at length over the last couple of pods about the merits and the demerits of women playing the longer format, whether we think they should do it, whether we think they need more prep, whether we think it's just an exhibition, whether we think it's the ultimate, it's the elite stage of the game. All of that will be put to bed now. The test match is on our doorstep and we're really, really looking forward to it. So looking forward to it that we've caught up with some of the players. We've chatted to them about it. And Valkyrie, who joins me from, well, soon to be from Nottingham, but I think for now still from the office, caught up with Sophia Dunkley. Uh, Valkyrie, what kinds of things did she have to say to you and how much excitement is building up ahead of this test match? Yeah, so I am actually in Nottingham. I'm sat here at Trent Bridge overlooking the ground as we speak. England are still out there training. They managed to get out this afternoon after a bit of inclement weather, which we can talk about a little bit more this morning. But uh, yeah, I was sort of straight off the train, straight to the ground and straight into that interview with Sophia Dunkley. She was uh, really uh, interesting in terms of how England want to approach this test match, which is really interesting. They've obviously got a new head coach in John Lewis and he's brought a different style and, and brand that he wants them to pursue. So she talked a lot about that, which was really interesting. Yeah, brands of cricket really seem to be a theme going around. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's got their own little name for it. We're going to see if Sophia Dunkley has one. Let's have a listen. So, Sophia, thank you so much for joining us on Ladies Who Switch. Um, I guess we're about to start a Women's Ashes series, which is being marketed and played alongside the Men's Ashes. Can you talk to us a little bit about the significance of that from a playing perspective? Yeah, I think the way that um, this Ashes is kind of turning out to be is a really big occasion. Um, seeing all the branding with the men's has been really amazing because it's really felt like we're kind of alongside each other and a few of us went to watch Edgebaston and it kind of felt quite real over the weekend that we were kind of part of this big Ashes campaign and for me personally, my first home Ashes and it feels like the biggest series I've ever been a part of. So um, yeah, it's been really exciting, the build-up and I think we're all just really um, looking forward to getting started um, on Thursday. So you made your test debut two years ago now um, against India in Bristol. Um, can you sort of talk about how you think you've progressed as a player sort of from then to now? Yeah, I think definitely when I played against India in my first test, it was very much learning on the job. I hadn't played loads of rebel cricket before then, um, but I kind of felt quite confident in, in my performances going into that. But I think two years on, I've played a few more tests now, um, literally learning every time we train, every time we have a practice game and warming up. And I feel a lot more um, in a Red Bull kind of headspace going into this test match, which is great. And and learned a lot from the last few games we've played. So yeah, definitely just kind of picking things up and feel a little bit more like uh, I know what's going on for this game, which is great. <laughs> Um, that test was significant um, for a number of reasons. You made an unbeaten 50 um, and you're also the first black woman to play a test match for England. Having sort of, you know, look, looking back two years on, I guess, do you, do you feel like as a result of that you're still an inspiration to others because of that? Yeah, I think at, at the day of the test match I didn't really, hadn't thought about all those kind of things and it kind of only hit me on the day and I think looking back I realised how special that game was for 
you know, not only for women's cricket with the test match against India, but also, yeah, being the first black woman to play test cricket for England is, is quite special and hopefully it did inspire people. And I've had loads of people come and talk to me about it since then. So, um, yeah, it's been great to hear that, um, yeah, people enjoyed that moment. And definitely looking back is something I, I didn't take in too much, but I can see now how, yeah, what a special day it was. You were also part of that really thrilling Ashes test in Australia oh, eight, 18 months ago now. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that was like to be a part of that match? It went down to the last over, anything could have happened, what was it like? It was such a crazy game and I think to that point probably the biggest game of my career um, that I played in and kind of the pressure going into that last day I think um, Tammy and Loz at the time they really set the tone when they opened the batting and they went out really aggressively and got us off to a great start and so did Nat and when I came in it was pretty much in the balance and I kind of just went in and just thought I'm just going to be positive and aggressive and, and see where it gets us and the last hour was just was just crazy and I think looking back it was just you know we lost a bit of focus and, and obviously we lost quite a few wickets for not many runs and I think it was yeah we were really disappointed not to get the win but um, you know what a test match to be involved in it got people talking and and hopefully advertised the women's test match game really well so yeah lots to learn from that game hopefully to take into this one and I think yeah looking back I, I know where I went a little bit wrong and, and hopefully right those wrongs this test match but yeah it was brilliant to be involved in that and I think the experience was just great for me as a player so yeah it was just yeah an unbelievable game in the end to be honest. Yeah, as you say, a great advertisement, even though it was a draw, you know, all draws aren't, you know, boring. But this match is going to be played over five days. So do you think that increases the chances of a result? I hope so, for sure. I think the last three tests I've played in have all been affected by rain and, and all had a draw as a result. So I think having that extra day just kind of eliminates all of that. And yeah, I, th I hope five days will definitely get a result. And either way, whichever way it goes, I think it's just great for the game as a whole, great for the series. Um, and yeah, it will be exciting as well, whichever way it goes, hopefully the result will produce some exciting cricket. So yeah, hopefully five days will be brilliant for us. So you mentioned before your first test you hadn't played a lot of Red Bull. How do you go about playing a Red Bull match over five days? Like, how do you get yourself ready for this? So we've had quite a good prep period coming into this, kind of doing some scenarios together as a team, a practice two-day game, and then played Australia A last week. So we've had a big build-up period, I think, we're really working on the things that we haven't done so well in the last test matches, what we can improve on and just being really clear as a team about how we want to go about it. So I think, yeah, our prep's been brilliant, um, feeling really clear as a team about what we want to do and, yeah, hopefully just take that into the game and, and see where it gets us and, and enjoy playing in front of a home crowd and hopefully entertaining the crowd as well. So there's warm-up matches, um, England versus Australia A and Australia versus England A. Both England sides had really good results. They both ended up in draws, but you know, both England sides pushed the Australian sides. Are yourself you made an 84, Tammy Beaumont retired on 201. Um, is, is this good signs for England? Yeah, I think it's just great that um, we could get out there, get some time in the middle and, and put into practice kind of what we've been speaking to, speaking about and playing the conditions really and just playing the situation. So yeah, it's brilliant to watch Tammy go about her business, how she does. She, you know, she played really, really well. Um, you know, batted with her for a little bit and it's just great to see just her whacking the ball around and yeah, um, getting 200 is um, always a massive achievement. So yeah, that was brilliant. And yeah, I think it's just good to kind of put that into practice and yeah, great warm up for us um, going into this week. John Lewis took over as head coach um, in November and his, from, from everything he said and other players have said, he wants you to play this more, you know, attacking, freer brand of, of cricket, um, you know, not be afraid to, to get out, that kind of thing. Uh, is there a bit of buzz ball about <laughs> your style now, do you think? Yeah, a bit of Louis ball. Um, 
I think for me, John Lewis, since he's come in, has been uh, the coach that's kind of believed in me and backed me the most, which has been brilliant for me to kind of um, be able to express myself on the pitch and not have that fear of failure or, or making mistakes, but just go out there and, and just be really free. So um, there's definitely a great vibe among our team. I think as a team, we're naturally very aggressive and attacking. So it definitely suits where we want to play. And it's just about inspiring and entertaining the crowd and, and yeah, everyone that comes to watch us. I think, you know, you can't always control results or what happens in the game, but you can control how you go about it. So I think that's a massive part of our cricket going forward. And we've got a great environment now to do that and, and yeah, just kind of express ourselves, which has been brilliant. Uh, you mentioned it so, sort of suits the team's style to play, that more free attacking style, but it would suit your own game as well, wouldn't it? Because that's the sort of player that you are and you like to be, right? Yeah, definitely. For me, it's, it's been brilliant just to yeah, just have that kind of freedom. Um, I love going out there and trying to put a positive spin on the game. Obviously, in, in a test match, you've got to absorb pressure where um, the times are a bit tricky, but I think just knowing in the back of your mind that you want to be inspiring and entertaining the crowds that come and watch and putting yeah, my own attacking spin on the game as well. So yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed that kind of relaxed environment and approach and yeah, hopefully it, it helps a little bit of success this summer. Yeah, how do you balance that, that wanting to play that aggressive style but knowing you've got five days in which to, you know, for this game to play out? How do you balance that? I think for me, being really clear on the big moments in the game and, and knowing when I need to absorb some pressure um, and how that can be kind of a positive way of approaching the game as well and, and then realising the, the times where I can be a bit more aggressive and attacking and just really thinking about that and being really clear on that, communicating well and I think that's something I've had to learn over the last few years in Test cricket because obviously we don't play loads so it's quite hard to, to do that but yeah, feeling like, um, yeah, just, just still being positive in everything I do and, and that might be absorbing pressure sometimes. You've had um, great success moving up to the top of the order in the T20 um, format. Uh, is that you know where where you're happiest in in the, the shortest format? Do you think? Yeah, I love I love open batting T20. Um, batting in the power play is I think quite suited to how I play, and, and me and Danny get on really well off the pitch, and I think we bat together really well on the pitch. So it's been great to have the opening partnership with her. She's obviously you know played for years and years and very experienced, one of the best in the world at, at opening the batting. So she's really helped me in that and I think we, we formed a good little partnership. So yeah, hopefully um, yeah, uh, some more games for us and to build on that. Um, but yeah, I love opening the batting for England. It's been great. What's your favourite format? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite hard for me to choose. Um, I think T20 um, obviously is exciting and it's fun. Um, and yeah, you get to hit a few more boundaries. Um, but I do, I do really like 50 over cricket as well. A bit more time. So I don't know, it's quite hard. I probably, I feel like I have to lean towards T20, but I can't say for definite. But we'll go with T20. So would you like to play more test matches or are you happy with the status quo? I think more tests would be brilliant in terms of like a multi-format series. I, I love the way the multi-format series are kind of laid out. And I think just to get a bit, little bit of everything, um, accumulate points over the series, I think... If we could play those against every kind of touring team when we go on tour, I think that'd be brilliant. Um, we've obviously got a test coming up in India later this year, which I think is going to be a great test. Um, obviously, I don't. Well, I've never played um, a test match in India. I don't think a lot of the girls would have done. So I think, yeah, um, playing more tests would be brilliant for sure. It's hard to fit it into the schedule because it's so busy now. But uh, yeah, I, I love multi-format series. So yeah, I'd love to, to play more of those. Speaking of which, you did play in the WIPL and have played in the 100 for a couple of seasons now. What do those tournaments mean for the women's game? Yeah, the, the WPL was, was massive. I think kind of the, that um, auction kind of changed the game overnight, really, and, and really showed the, 
the extent of where women's cricket can get to and, and beyond that really. So um, it was a great experience to be involved and the crowds were unbelievable. The, yeah, just the feeling of playing, going on that pitch and, and not being able to hear anything, <laughs> especially when you played against Mumbai, it was brilliant. So um, yeah, I've loved that. And I think the 100 as well has been brilliant for cricket in this country as well, just kind of raising the standard and um, playing in front of big crowds at big venues has been, yeah, awesome. So yeah, love both those competitions and yeah, hopefully excited for a few more years of that too. So does that help you then when you go to some global tournaments or an Ashes series that you've done it before in those franchise tournaments? Definitely. I think, especially in England, um, probably wouldn't have played in most of those venues had I not been in the 100 and, and we're playing in a lot of those venues in this Ashes series. So it kind of just gives you an insight into what we're going to come up against, um, the atmosphere, the crowd, the conditions. So it's been a great help. And yeah, going into the series, we know a little bit about the ground. So that's brilliant. Um, so yeah, definitely think it's helped. Sure. Um, England have sort of had a couple of years where they've been there or thereabouts. So semi-finalists in the 50 over World Cup, fourth place in the Commonwealth Games, bowed out in the semis in the T20 World Cup. What do you think it's going to take for this side to go that one or two matches better and, and get some, some more silverware? Yeah, I think for us, we're really just trying to focus on ourselves and how we can get better as a team and, and probably right our wrongs in those kind of high pressure moments where uh, we've not, not quite got over the line, I think. Our T20 campaign in the World Cup, we played exactly how we wanted to throughout that group stages and, and unfortunately the semi-final didn't go to plan, um, but you know, we've got um, areas we want to improve on, focus on ourselves and just, yeah, trying to get really tight together as a group and, you know, yeah, just try and get over the line. Um, so yeah, it's a good, good chance to test ourselves in this series against the best team in the world and we know how challenging it's going to be, it's not going to come easy and we're going to have to be at our best to put them under pressure. Um, but look, we're just looking forward to playing in front of a home crowd and, and having that support as well, hopefully. The Australians have had a few changes, so no Meg Lanning. Um, they're going to probably have a new opening combination with Elisa Healy standing captain, but dropping down the order, so possibly an inexperienced opener in Phoebe Litchfield um, alongside Beth Mooney, that's a, a possible. But um, they have had some changes and some challenges going into this series. Are those things that England can take advantage of or, or get an edge with? Look, I think they've, they've got a massive lot of depth in their side, so I think anyone can kind of step up and, and, and do a great job for them. So, uh, like I said before, we know, we know how challenging it's going to be to, to put them under pressure. And, and I think for us, we're just really trying to focus on ourselves, take one game at a time and, and just try and, and be entertaining in our cricket, really. And, and yeah, and just uh, enjoy the, the home ashes, enjoy the atmosphere. Um, but yeah, we know, we know how good they are. They've, they've been the best team in the world for, for quite a number of years now. So um, yeah, it'll just be good to kind of test ourselves and, and yeah, see, see where we get to. You've mentioned that depth that they have and, and also you know, their strength as a team. What can you guys do to overcome that? Um, again, like I said before, um, we've got to look about where we want to improve and where we want to get to as a team um, and, and stay really kind of tighten it as a group with that and, and focus on England cricket really um, and not look, look too far beyond that I think is, is our yeah the way we want to work this summer I think. What would it mean for England women to win an Ashes series for the first time since 2013-14? Yeah I think it would be an incredible feeling obviously I think uh, I've been involved in one Ashes series and it obviously didn't go um, very much to plan it was quite disappointing for us but um, yeah I think uh, as a side, it's a massive opportunity for us to do something special this summer and, and we're very inspired by what the Lionesses did as well um, last summer, which was great for, for women's football. It, it's took, taken it on a massive journey and opened up so many doors. So, yeah, it's just a massive opportunity really to 
to inspire loads of girls and boys out there and, and really get cricket on the radar of the country. Um, so we're just massively looking, looking forward to that opportunity um, to kind of bring cricket, women's cricket especially, to the forefront um, of England really. So yeah, I just hope we can, we can entertain the crowds coming in, hope people come and watch us and, and yeah, and, and, and inspire the next generation really. You mentioned the Lionesses, uh, England women's rugby is strong, the cricket. Do you feel like you're part of a bigger movement to do with women's sport in this country? For sure, I think that the England teams in this country have done outstandingly well. Like, like you said, the Lionesses, um, the rugby team, and then we've had netball and the hockey um, and the Olympics. So there's been so much um, going into it. And yeah, I think cricket can be a big part of that. And I think the 100 has been brilliant to kind of bring that to the forefront and open up a lot of um, kind of platform for the game. And I think this Ashes is, like I said previously, one of the biggest series that I've ever been a part of. So yeah, it's a brilliant chance to do that. And yeah, I, yeah, I'm just so excited just to, to get started and yeah, see, see how it goes. If you had a piece of advice for a young girl now who's wanting to take up cricket, what would you say to her? I'd say um, give it a go. It's the best job in the world. When I was growing up, I wasn't very good at school and, and I think a few people were like, well, you're not going to get anywhere with cricket because you can't do it as a career. And, and now you can see how many opportunities there are. Um, you know, playing for England, you, you tour the world with your best mates and you know, it doesn't really get much better than that. So I'd just be like, yeah, just get stuck in and, and yeah, have, have a go, enjoy it. It's, it's such a great job to have. Thank you so much for joining us and best of luck for the series. Thank you very much. Really great interview there, Valks, with Sophia Dunkley and found out so, so much about her. I was really interested to hear, first of all, what she said about her feelings being the first black woman to play a test match for England. We know how important that type of representation is and how inspiring it can be for people who want to take up the game, boys and girls, young people who are looking for heroes that look and sound like them. So really fantastic on that part. But I've got a bit of a bone to pick here about the name that she's chosen for their approach she called it John Lewis Ball or Louis Ball. I mean, what the heck is that? We came up with an excellent name for this at the Women's T20 World Cup. You came up with it, the Baz Bells. I don't know why she's mangling our terminology. First of all, are you going to copyright that term? And then secondly, are you convinced that this is the approach they're going to go with? Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think um, anyone within the teams, men's or women's, are happy to latch onto any sort of term, as we've heard. Um, John Ball, we heard floating around. Louis Ball, I like slightly better. But yes, I was gutted that Baz Bells didn't catch on. Given that um, Andrew Miller didn't copyright Baz Ball, I think maybe I should get in, give it another try, try and get it to get some traction and copyright it now. However, um, it was interesting. You asked me in the last pod whether we were going to see a more attacking style of play and it stands to reason John Lewis has come from the men's setup he came in saying that he wants to introduce that kind of a ethos within the team and it's interesting because it's not so much about being aggressive necessarily um, it's 
according to sort of what Sophia was saying today, and also I spoke with Kate Cross about this as well, it's more about putting pressure on the opposition. And we have heard the men's team talk about that as well. So it's not like, um, I think Kate Cross actually said, it's not like we're going to go out there and try and hit every ball for six. It's about putting the pressure back on the opposition. And that's how they want to approach it. So yeah, that that's really interesting. And I think the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. Um, yes, this match is going to play be played over five days. But that could come more into play in terms of weather. Um, so, you know, it basically takes the rain um, out of the equation or somewhat um, rather than, you know, if, if they've got five days, great. But, you know, if the match is over quicker than that, if there's a result produced, everybody's happy. So, yeah, it, it's more, I think, about the they're wanting to put pressure on Australia as opposed to, you know, wanting to go out and, and hit every ball out of the park sort of thing. Yeah, before we continue on the approach, I want to talk to you a little bit about the weather because we've seen it play its part in the men's game. I've been on many English summer tours. They always tell us, oh, this time it's not going to rain. And of course, they're always wrong. So I've seen a lot of rain uh, in that part of the world. I know there's been some around today. Did it affect training at all? Do you think it's going to have some impact on the preparations? Yeah, so um, absolutely torrential rain in a lot of parts of the country uh, today. I got absolutely drenched just trying to re get to my train to get up here. Um, but yeah, apparently the weather was, was pretty foul up here this morning. When I arrived, it was still uh, sort of drizzly, bit of rain about. It did mean that the Australians had to train indoors. Um, whereas England, they were training later this afternoon. As I mentioned, they're still out on the park as we speak um, and it's the sun's trying to break through. It's still pretty grey, but it's got that sort of brightness behind the, the cloud. Um, Talia McGrath, who's uh, standing in as England, uh, sorry, Australia vice-captain, she uh, sort of said they, they weren't too bothered about it. I mean, you know, it would have been nice to get out on the park today, but they weren't sort of putting too much weight on it. And mo more importantly, the forecast for the rest of the week is much, much better. Yeah, but even if it clears up with a little bit of moisture around and if it hangs around for a day or two, can we expect that conditions are a little bit more in favour of the seamers? I remember a test match that South Africa played at Trent Bridge in 2017 and certainly there was a lot going in terms of what the seamers could get out of that surface. So I'm wondering if that's going to come into play. And then you've spoken about Kate Cross. She's back. She must be really looking forward to, to bowling in these conditions. Yeah, so it could very much play into the hands of potentially both sides. I mean, Talia McGrath said she was really looking forward to getting out there and trying to see if she could make it swing, given the chance. And yeah, Kate Cross, she's back from illness um, and she's pretty much going to have to spearhead this pace attack. She's got more experience than the rest of them. Um, and so, yeah, she we could well see her throwing the new ball as she was against South Africa at Taunton last year. Um, but yeah, her story is a really great one in terms of, um, we mentioned it uh, briefly in the pod previously, but she's had this parasitic illness called Giardia, um, which took, she said, nine rounds of antibiotics to try and combat. And even then she had to go on to sort of a much more powerful form of medication to finally get it out of her system. She has recovered. Uh, she is fighting fit, she says, um, which is, you know, great news for her, great news for England. Um, but it did, you know, it, it did affect her preparation in the sense that uh, whilst she was coming back or, or basically, you know, fighting through this illness, she said that she had had to sort of do one day training and then two days off because she'd lost so much weight during these bouts of of the illness rearing up that she was then an injury risk. So 
she's had a much more different preparation to what she would like leading into a test but she's wrapped her head around that she's you know she I think she's just incredibly happy to be back and over over this illness and, and be back to you know hopefully uh, if selected you know lead that England seam attack. And there's been some other good prep as well the England A side played against Australia they got some good game time and scored a lot of runs is there anything you can take out of that game or anyone that we should be looking at and in terms of form in terms of prep in terms of depth and promise in terms of England cricket? Yeah, so that, it's interesting. Those matches are probably only going to carry so much weight in terms of uh, an indicator for this match, given that they were both played on pretty slow, lifeless wickets um, in Derby and Leicester. So, and they were obviously you know only over three days, also. But you're right. Basically, England, both of their teams, England senior team and England A, gave Australia, both of their teams, a real push. So England piled on 650 runs in their only innings. Tammy Beaumont retired on 201, uh, it was. So she she absolutely, uh, you know, was in fine, fine touch in those conditions. Um, and, uh, yeah, as you say, the the uh, England A side as well, they they amassed quite a few runs. Um, I think they were up in the, the sort of 500s, Lauren Winfield-Hill making runs, Paige Schofield. They're not in this test squad, but they will be in this uh, the squad which is taking on Australia A in a white ball series, T20s, followed by one day as running concurrently with the women women's ashes. One interesting thing also that came out of those uh, warm-ups from an Australian perspective, uh, Phoebe Litchfield, who is tipped to open for Australia given Meg Lanning's absence, she was in the run, she made a half century. And also Annabelle Sutherland, she made a century um, batting uh, for Australia in the, the warm-ups there. So um, they sort of basically, you know, showed some fine touch leading into to this match and it will sort of depend um yeah depend on how selectors want to go but there are very strong suggestions that phoebe litchfield will open along with beth mooney as elisa healy drops down the batting order to sort of manage her standing captaincy and wicket keeping um talia mcgrath said today in her press conference she's been incredibly impressed by litchfield she's sort of she's played uh, sort of three one dayers um in january uh back in australia against pakistan and performed really, really well there. But um, yeah, she's here, you know, on the cusp of a possible test debut. And McGrath said she looked like she'd been doing this for years. Yeah, you've spoken a little bit about Australia. They had some good prep, Beth Mooney with 100 in that warm-up match. And we've spoken also extensively about that the Meg Lanning affair and her not being on this tour is probably not going to bother them too much. It's still a big occasion. It's a test match. It's a test match at an iconic venue like Trent Bridge. And I do wonder how they've been getting on without somebody that a lot of them really look up to and whether the moment as it gets closer, it'll start to hit them that she's no longer with them, no longer with them on this tour, that is. Would you, have you got any sense of that? Have you sensed that maybe they are missing her a little bit or is the sense just job at hand, let's keep going and they're completely professional, they've got all their bases covered and they're ready to go? 
I think no one's going to deny that she is a big loss in terms of, you know, her ability and her experience. But, I mean, what we've got to remember is they've got Elisa Healy standing in. She's vastly experienced. I think, you know, a, a great leader. Um, Tali McGrath was saying earlier today that when she speaks, everyone stops and listens. And I was really impressed, actually, with McGrath as a vice captain as well. Like, she just spoke really eloquently and, and just really thoughtfully about the preparations. And, you know, she just had captaincy material written all over her as well which I hadn't necessarily seen in the few other times I've seen her in press conferences before so yeah I was really impressed I think uh, this is just going to further expose Australia's depth um, which we have spoken about at length it's a theme of, of the it's what is basically you know the the very fabric of this Australian side so I think that that will just come to the fore no denying that Lanning is a is a big miss but I think that they've probably got enough to cover it and just as we look ahead to the test match kicking off I really want to talk about what we're expecting from a crowd perspective a record number of ticket sales for the women's ashes as a whole and then for this test match I'm currently in Zimbabwe for the World Cup qualifiers and we've had unbelievable scenes at Harare Sports Club where the Zimbabwean fans are packing in their numbers they say the ground holds 10,000 I think there must be about 12 or 14,000 that are packing in there and really you can see the effect that it's having on the Zimbabwean team as we speak they've won two out of two they're really buoyed by that kind of 12th player presence I know Nadine de Klerk was looking forward to going to this test match and talking about the vibe and the banners. You've just got there, but what sort of sense have you got about people's excitement? Have you seen anyone who's got their tickets and they're ready to go? Yeah, really good news for this match is we just heard today that 14,500 tickets have been sold for the test. So that's a great number and that's that's an update to you know what we've heard for this match in particular. Um, yeah, there's posters around. It's very much you know geared toward the match starting on Thursday. Um, I haven't sort of been out and about in the streets to see if there's you know more marketing you know there and, and sort of talking to people about it. I'm sort of just been here at the ground where you know everyone here is working on the cricket anyway so everyone here is hyped but it'll sort of probably be sort of tonight when I get back to my hotel and get a chance to walk around that I'll get a bit more of a sense of whether Ashes fever has gripped Nottingham. I'm sure that you're going to report back to us in a week's time that it was probably a memorable and historic occasion and maybe we'll find that it's one of the best if not the best attended women's test matches which will bolster that argument for women playing Test cricket, it's a historic day anyway, because today, 50 years ago, was when the first World Cup match was played. We did it as a quiz on the World Cup qualifiers. Of course, everybody said, you're wrong. It was actually 1975. Well, they're wrong. It was actually 1973. And it was the Women's World Cup, that opening match between Jamaica and New Zealand, which was washed out. Uh, let's hope that that fate doesn't <laughs> inflict itself upon the Test match. But it, it's just so nice that... Whichever format we're talking about, wherever it is that we're talking about these things, there's a lot of respect and there's a lot of time and space for what's happening in the women's game, which I found really heartening, even while steeped in, in something very different. So, Valt, I'm wishing you a very fun test match. No rain, no rain at all, blue skies. And I guess we should end off with your prediction, but not just who's going to win, because, I mean, that, that's boring. You can maybe tell us who we think is going to score the most runs and take the most wickets over the next week in Nottingham. 
Ah, so you've put me on the spot. I've been so wrapped up in leading up to this tournament that, oh, sorry, this test, I should say, that I haven't really thought about the end result. Um, I do think we're going to see a great contest. Uh, I do think that this Australian team really is formidable. Um, despite getting a bit of a good workout in those warm-up matches, we sort of talked about how they're only of sort of limited value in terms of predicting what's going to happen here. But I think <sighs> Elisa Healy, she's maybe due for um, some big test runs. So look out for her. I mean, she's carrying a lot of responsibility and I think she'll really want to go out there and lead from the front. Uh, so yeah, that could, could be a good one to look out for with the bat. But I mean, I think this pitch could well see a lot of runs scored. So, you know, I'd be interested to see how Phoebe Litchfield goes um, if she gets the nod to open for Australia as well. So there's a couple of interesting batting things that I'd like to see there. In terms of the bowling, I think, England have got that inexperience in this in the attack basically so there's a quite a few unknowns there so it's a bit difficult to sort of predict what's going to happen from a bowling perspective but I think whatever does happen I think this is going to be a great contest and I can't wait for it to get started. Yeah absolutely well I'll give you my prediction and it's that we will break the string of draws we've had six draws in the last six women's test matches but this one we're going to have a winner and we're going to have a loser I'm not sure who it's going to be it's going to be one of England or Australia that's for sure but I don't think we're going to see a draw hopefully the rain stays away and they're able to get in at least most of those full five days ideally we'd like to see a last hour thriller on day five but uh, whatever it is that we get, I'm sure it's going to be a really exciting test match. And we look forward to chatting about it all again next week. Valkyrie and everybody up in Nottingham, enjoy the test match. And everybody listening will bring you all the updates on Ladies Who Switch next week.